strapped in the trenches Making moves going all out Every day handle business You know that the hustle don't stop Got my team, let's get it Reviewing books and talk stocks Steady keep it moving So you gon' wanna tune in Get Lowdell, it's an app Get local food on demand Delivery right to your home Everything in the palm of your hand Took hard work and dedication Come through, join the conversation This is history up in the making We just wanna be an inspiration Hey, let's go Welcome to another episode of Bootstrapped in the Trenches. It's just me and Corey today. Dan is traveling to our headquarters, Boulder, Colorado. Uh, we actually have a double decker today, Corey. We've got Daryl Ritchie coming on here in a couple minutes from Purple Mountain Marketing in Boulder. So that'll be cool to hear about what he's been up to. He's a digital marketing company. Uh, so I'm sure they've had a lot of going on throughout the pandemic. And then is it uh, Sarah Modamedi? Did I pronounce that right? I believe so. I don't know the correct pronunciation, but that's what I was. Modamedi or Modamedi? We'll find out. But Corey yeah. lined up a great guest. She's been a cook for, it looks like over three decades now, a private chef and does a lot of catering. I was looking through her site. It looks really cool, Corey. Yeah, she. I believe she was the head chef for the Kardashians for a while. I'm not sure if she's still doing that to date, but I know she's she was doing that. And I mean, that's got to be quite the job in itself. Just I mean, if you for that many people. That type of pressure, you could cook for anyone. And I know, right. like uh, Jake's sister, Jake, who we've done the clubhouse with this past week and this upcoming week, uh, his sister Sammy does a hell of a job with private chef in her neck of the woods. So I'm sure they've crossed paths at some point, but. That'll be really cool to hear, you know, Sarah's whole journey. And I always wonder with chefs like that, if they ever get tired of cooking. Yeah. That was like one of the questions I wrote up. I mean, at the yeah. end of the day, when you're a chef, do you come home and you order in or do you cook for the family? I feel like I would be so exhausted. Oh man. I mean, I, you know, I can't stand cooking, but I'm also not a cook or a yeah. chef for that matter. <laughs> but I can't imagine if I did that for a living, wanting to cook for myself. But yeah, you're like chef, it's hard to not want to make great food to eat. True. So, you know, you'd want to use your craft. It's like, you know, it's one of those things. I feel like that would really come in handy. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it's the same with anything. Whatever your profession is, if you're a basketball player, do you want to come home and, and play basketball at the end of the day? I, don't I know. would just be in trouble, Corey, if I was able to cook to that extent, like to that level, the way I love yeah. to. Blurge. It's why I don't go grocery shopping and prefer delivery. I stay in better shape. <laughs> no, me too. I mean, honestly, yeah. I love my own cooking, so it's better off that I don't cook. There we go. Although, that, see, otherwise, that's... I just eat it all. My issue is when I cook, I end up eating way more food because I'm, I'm not. It's not that I'm bad at cooking. It just ends up leading to me then ordering in when I'm like, wait a minute, I could have just done that without the cooking or vice versa. But it doesn't work with the vice versa. I always <laughs> feel like I'm still hungry. You know, cooking or, or even just grocery shopping, I end up eating everything I buy. I just always go grocery shopping on an empty stomach, which I know you're not so. supposed to do, but I go in knowing that where I'm like, yeah, it's still fun. You know, It's one of those things. If I go grocery shopping when I'm full, I won't get anything. Yeah, <laughs> and I know. Then that's I'll come fun. home. Yeah, a few hours later, I'll be hungry and I'll be like, why didn't I get anything? Yeah, but it's like you walk out with like hummus and crackers and maybe a banana and you're like, wait a minute, what was <laughs> going on there? It's like, well, you yeah, just what was I taste of dinner. Exactly. Yeah. I, that's the thing. It's kind of a catch-22 because whenever I've gone to the grocery shop 
or grocery store when I'm stuffed, I always end up disappointed because I, I get home and I, I end up then being like, wait, I have to make another trip. I have nothing. Yeah. End up ordering in. <laughs> but then the opposite, you end up having way too much stuff to even carry, which always happens to me. And Corey, you know, when we were in B-Town that time, the soda exploded. Oh man. Started. One of the best memories. <laughs> right in front oh, of me. You must have like eight liters of soda. Oh, <laughs> crossing a crowded street and just drop right through the back. That was crazy. So, you know, uh, but I, right on cue, talk about great timing. Daryl Ritchie. Daryl, what's going on? Thanks for joining us, man. Hey, yeah, absolutely. How are you guys doing today? Pretty good. Always great having a fellow uh, Boulder business owner on. What's been going on? How's pandemic life been treating you? Uh, good. Hey, yeah. I'm trying to get this camera lined up. <laughs> yeah, I right. know. I hate it. Hey. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, it's been an interesting year for sure. Lots of changes out there. What would you say your favorite part? I know it's been a crazy year in general, but what's your favorite part of Boulder in general, Daryl? Uh, you know, it's like, um, so my favorite part of, you know, Boulder is, I'm going to tell a little quick story about it really fast. So my first time in Boulder, which was a long time ago, um, I came into Boulder and I was checking it out. And uh, I uh, woke up in the morning and I walked down the Pearl Street and I walked around and I rented a mountain bike. I looked up the hill and I said, hey, how do I get up that hill? Flagstaff. I said, okay. So I'm in uh, top siders, you know, you know, boat shoes, <laughs> not really prepared. <laughs> uh, I think I rent, uh, you know, they had a water bottle for me. And I said, okay, I'm riding up there. And I started riding up there. It was a great ride and took a while. Definitely, you know, I was from sea level coming out here. And uh, I did that ride and met some people along the way and talked to them. Then later that night, I was back down on Pearl Street walking around. And it was, it was the essence of Boulder. It really, you know, to pick out something, the mountains, sure, you know, Flatirons are beautiful, the people, of course, right? But there's something about Boulder that's intrinsic in Boulder. And, you know, that's, that's what I love most about Boulder. I find myself always... You know, gravitating back to that and feeling it. It's a feeling. It's a kind of a, you know, esoteric answer there. But that's, <laughs> I know what you mean. I always tell people if they've seen Lord of the Rings, like every time I'm driving to Boulder, it feels like its own universe where I'm just like, oh, this is a Mecca. It's just, it has its own aura. I know you hit it on the head, Daryl. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's it. It just, um, yeah, it's that. Nice. Do you have a favorite restaurant in town? Oh, uh, uh, Santo. It's Ooh. a good spot. Yeah, yeah. it is. Yeah. So, specific go-to dish? Uh, you know, no. Um, it just, uh, you know, Jose does such an incredible job there with the menu. It's uh, You can't go wrong. That's when you know a place is great, where it's like, oh, you know, anything you go with, it's, you know, it's a home run pretty much. Yeah, you can yeah. always switch it up. And it's still consistent. Yeah. And I'm curious, man, like you have, you clearly have a knack for digital marketing and this pandemic, everyone has been home for the most part, remote for the, for starters, when did you realize you had a knack for that? And secondly, has it been, you know, transformational throughout this whole lockdown? Yeah, I'd say, you know, a knack for digital marketing, online marketing, probably back 15 years ago when I started, uh, you know, I, after being in the restaurant business, started a personal development company and needed to learn how to market. Um, so I went out there and learned. 
And, uh, you know, this is early internet, you know, what we call internet marketing, online marketing, digital marketing. And uh, I just really grasped the whole concept of it. And I started spending more of my time helping other people market their businesses. And I was like, oh, this is the direction. Not where I thought I, you know, you know I started out saying, hey, I'm going to go do this. And then all of a sudden, you know, through learning it and just really understanding it um, and having also a, a high IQ or acuity with uh, some uh, software programming. So, you know, it kind of went hand in hand because things now are a little more drag and click where back then, you know, knowing some HTML, CSS, you know, CSS PHP, you know, all the codes really helped. And uh, that was something that came natural to me. Um, and then the second part of that question with um, the pandemic and digital marketing, I got, you know, I was looking at it, everything's moved online. Everything, um, I think we, we knew it was going that way. Um, it just happened in nine, you know, six to nine months instead of three to five years. And we had that growth and that adoption because it was forced upon us. Um, and being resilient as humans are, it just was, you know, it's like, okay, well, we can't go there, so now we'll go here. Mm. How do you handle having clients in multitude of different industries? Yeah, um, that's a great question. I, and I've narrowed it down a little bit more, but um, when you go across the board and, and having different areas, um, there's some fundamental, you know, areas that exist. So it's, um, let's say any business should be online right now. Any business should have a website that's functioning, that has a phone number on it that has an online ordering system on it, right? Um, and those are, so those to me don't, so that's industry doesn't matter, you know, as much as, as those are basics. Right. But then now channels, Facebook, Google, right? Um, YouTube. I, um, so you have these channels that out there that are staples. And, um, and then when you get into, so now into different industries, now you may start to, you know, uh, industries that, uh, let's say, trying to think of one. Um, well, let's say you know a uh, younger generational you know thing, maybe gaming, right? Uh, you know, more gaming world. Well, now you got to look at channels that are you know TikTok um, and Snapchat. You know, the, the Instagram is still uh, you know a channel there. So depending on you know handling the cross things, there's commonalities that are what I'll call the core fundamentals for digital marketing. That you have to have in place and then depending on each channel you have to really dive into who their audience is and then go and then go be where their audience is that makes Interesting. sense yeah. and a question daryl do you see like coming out of this pandemic i know you said it clearly has expedited the time frame for companies going online from years to months do you see any other trends coming out of this that you're picking up on yeah i, th I think what we're going to see is I think a lot of the way business, so there's a talk about going to the back, back to normal, the new normal. Um, the new normal is it's going to be an, an evolving uh, landscape. Uh, um, and if anything's proven that we can do it, it can happen quickly and people will do adapt um, to the change faster than we thought. So I think we're going to continue to see that trend of one, uh, Online, you know, ordering is here to stay. Um, it's going to become more of a dominant player. Um, it sounds weird. People are going to crave to go out, but people aren't going to want to deal with it. The, there's going to be an initial wave of crowds that go out. 
So I won't, but I think, um, I think part of it we see uh, um, more people ordering online, doing more stuff online, shopping online, grocery shopping online. Um, so I see that trend continuing and actually growing. So I, I think we'll see a little bit of, you know, when, when we do get back open, you know, when we're through this, um, I think we'll see a, a surge of people like wanting to go out. But then I think people have gotten used to this and, and like it, it, you know. That's true. Yeah. People might still be a little bit hesitant. Yeah. That's for sure. Uh, Daryl, how'd you come up with the name Purple Mountain Marketing? Because I love I love that. It stands out. It's like a peacock. Yeah. So it's an interesting story. So purple, my favorite color, always has been. But that's not, you know, it's just something that was in my head. But I was uh -huh. driving on a road trip and going up to, um, doing a camping road trip up to, uh, we went to Whitefish, uh, Glacier International Park, uh, over to uh, Montana, Yellowstone, um, and then did a, a cabin in um, uh, Wyoming. Um, so on that trip, there's in, outside of West Yellowstone, as you're heading up to Montana, there's, there's a little um, huckleberry thing in West Yellowstone. And I noticed that they had this purple rock, brick, like they built like, you know, not, not the brick that's behind Quarry, but you know, the bigger bricks. <laughs> that they used to build stuff in, or I'd say, you know, back in the like, 1900s. And um, it was purple. I'm like, God, oh, that's cool, purple rock. And I mean, like a true purple color. Wow. And, and as we were driving, all of a sudden I started seeing all this purple rock on this mountainside. So it just started, you know, resonating with me. I was like, oh, I was thinking I'll use purple somehow because I like it. And all of a sudden, long ago, I sat down and I was like, purple mountains. Purple Mountain, and then it just so it came from that. It definitely has a you know play on you know being along the, the Rockies, right? Purple Mountain Majesties, you know. Yeah. Which that was like a just a coincidence. I think it also goes to show like how much I'm sure you could attest to this. You create things a lot of times when you're not thinking about it, and when you're out of the element, you know, you clearly were in relaxation mode. I've heard that a lot from entrepreneurs time and time again, Daryl. Where some of the best ideas come when you're not actually trying to think about business. Absolutely. Sure. I, I, I agree with that. And a lot of times I call it the creative process because we'll spend a lot of time like on a problem, thinking about it very deep in our, you know, our work and, um, and things maybe might not be clicking or whatever, but like, yeah, you take a break, you walk away, go for a mountain bike ride, go on a trip. And all of a sudden, like the answer comes to you. I was like, where'd it come from, right? And say, well, yeah. yeah, once we relax into it, we, it, it hits us. For sure. And with that, Daryl, being a CEO clearly has its pressures. What would you say the biggest challenge has been throughout the pandemic with just management and, you know, being able to deal with people remotely? Yeah, Mike, I, you know, what I would, you know, look at that. So remotely for me and a lot of what I've done, uh, I was familiar with it. So it was just a little bit more of doing it. Initially, there was a scale back. I think everything, everybody kind of went, what are we doing? Right? And, and they paused. Right? Um, and then things started to pick up speed. So the um, handling, handling that remote work, what I would say, the other side of it is the remote interaction with the clients. Because that was more done in person. That was meeting one-on-one, -on -one, having personal meetings. 
now it's done very similar to how we're doing this right here, right? We set up some type of digital communication, uh, to, you know, so we can see each other. Um, and uh, that's the side that's changed and been a challenge. Um, and then the remote side is just, there's more, there's more to be done remotely. And um, uh, I think people were adapting, but it went, you know, overall I'd say that side went pretty smoothly. That's great. Do you see that changing in terms of, will you have your back to work ever happen the way it was, or do you kind of see it being like a hybrid from here on out? I see hybrid, you know, Mike and Corey, I, I definitely see that it being a hybrid situation across the board on pretty much everything. I think well, um, there's going to be that, that mix. So for what I do work-wise, we'll be hybrid. Uh, you know, there'll be some in-person meetings when that makes sense. Um, there's going to be a lot of value for when people get together. However, for time savings, cost savings, um, you know, uh, people are going to do what, you know, the, the digital. Um, yeah. Even the big names out there who are doing events are, um, you know, let's say Tony Robbins, for example, right? He had the pivot big time, right? He's a big live in-person guy. He's now doing 20,000 people uh, virtual. Um, they will go hybrid for uh, for events, you know, from now on. There'll be an in-person function and there'll be the, the uh, virtual function. And I think see that everywhere. I was going to say, do you think CU will adopt more of a hybrid model heading forward as well? I know they currently are, but do you think that sticks? <laughs> yes. Yeah, Corey, I, I do. I think I, again, um, so I'm in talks with some international folks at ARPS. It's interesting. Thanks for that question around education and how education is going to work for small to medium sized enterprises. And, um, and it's going hybrid. We were talking about how all the major universities already have that channel and also how school is now going to move from a four year certification programming to a, or, you know, uh, diploma, excuse me, to a certification. So now you're going to start seeing them have, you know, the, all the universities in school have smaller, like six month certification trainings and they'll be remote, a lot of them. You can be in person if you want, but, and then think about it from the university side, is they're proving to themselves that people still want to be educated and learn and, uh, uh, and oh, you, the other side of that is degrees now, you used to have a 30 year shelf life. You're lucky if what you, you know, graduating with in college is going to be relevant for three to five years. So ongoing education is there. I think that's the future of higher education is going to be constantly allowing people to upgrade. It will be done in a hybrid situation, but instead of having a class of, you know, in live of, you know, 200, they can now do a class of 2000, right? Mm. So do you see enrollment, do you yeah. see enrollment staying the same? Boy, you know, that's, how how yeah. does that affect a town or community like Boulder? Great, great, great. has ripple effects. Yeah, uh, I've been pondering this. I think higher education is in for major disruption uh, and how that's gonna impact the actual uh, buildings, right? That, you know, the, the dorms, the people staying here. Um, you know, it, it's, I think there's gonna be some, like, how do we hold on to that? The better question is, how do we utilize that for where we're going? Um, and that's, a, that's gonna have an impact. I mean, I mean, it's right, how's it impacting currently, right? With this, you know, students 
not having to be in Boulder to go to see you Boulder, right? So the, the business impact, I think that that's it. That's, you know, I wish I had the answer for that because it'd probably be a good thing to walk into university and say, here's what you guys need to do, right? But uh, yeah. yeah. And it's tough to put a price on a college experience. I think that's it's, part of the unknown factor on. where, you know, people are like, so where, where is this going? Which definitely has its own value. Right. I would say, I'll tell you a quick story about a friend of mine um, at CU when we were going to CU. Uh, very, very smart uh, man. He was there in a full ride scholarship. Um, and he, he was, you know, getting 4.0s really just, you know, it's, you know, if he goes and learns something, he knows it. And uh, all of a sudden in his second year, he's like, I'm at college. And this will talk to you uh, this, uh, that experiencing. And he said, Hey, um, I said, you know, Scott, you don't, you don't seem to kind of be so much into the classes as much anymore. He goes, well, you know, I go and I do my work. And he goes, but he goes, I realized that I was not here as much for the learning. He goes, I'm going to learn, right? It's just what, it, you know, um, but he goes, I was here for the experience. That's the side that, you know, he, he literally probably could have picked up a book, read it and knew he just would know it from there on out. Um, right. And, uh, but he realized what you were saying uh, is that experience. You know, what it's, how do you, that social experience. Uh, I'm gonna add on to this a little here, guys, if it's all right. We were talking to me and my wife about my daughter, where right, school's been virtual, right? And we're thinking, oh, well, you know, we could travel and, you know, still do school. But what we're realizing is, what's the social impact on her in being able to socialize with other kids and other people? So yeah. valuable, invaluable experiences come out of that, you know, that, that process. And where does Absolutely. that Yeah, it's crazy to think about because I know these young kids too. I've read studies. They prefer virtual relationships with each other, which scares me big time. Mm -hmm. Like I know that's the world we live in. But, you know, I grew up playing Manhunt and Capture the Flag. And I feel like I was like the end of that, really, where – come 15, 16 years old, I had a phone and some of these kids now, they come out of the womb with tablets. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a good question for, you know, I kind of, you know, what do you guys think about that? Cause again, it's a question that comes up with my two young daughters is, you know, already like, when are we going to, I mean, they're young right now, but it's like, when do they get their first phone and will it be a smartphone and how do we navigate all that? And it's like, we want to avoid it as much as possible, but it's, and it is also the society we live in. So it's, yeah, that's tough. That really is a, I'm not a parent at this point in life yet. So that's a tough question, Daryl. Yeah. I really, that, that's food for thought right there. Yeah. My, my sister was telling me yesterday, uh, my nephew's eight turning nine and he had it like his first baseball practice yesterday. He's been homeschool. You know, they've been doing online learning since about May. So it was his real, it was one of his first social experiences. And my sister said it was so strange how every kid was interacting. They were, it was like they forgot how to socialize completely just from eight, nine months, not being in school together, camp, all that stuff. Yeah. So scary to think and about. Was, yeah. And then, like you said, the things we all took for granted, right? You said playing, uh, you know, uh, manhunt and, you know, flagging them uh, too. I, I always said that, you know, when we, uh, um, you know, we just played outside, 
So I'm a little, a little older than you guys. And uh, I remember the first, you know, video game, Pong, right? I and mean, that's when I was really, <laughs> but uh, then there was, you know, the first coin-operated games, Space Invaders, you know, Mission Impossible. And then Atari came out. But we used to, you know, parents would let us play games, like video games, for really like half hour. And I was like, now back outside. So yeah. it's such a different, and the world we live in right now is fosters that, right? I mean, school's on, on a screen. Um, you know, the kids are on screens. It's, uh, so, but, you know, I think kids, though, if you get, let them play outside, and once they're out there, they forget about the screen. Uh, the younger kids. I don't mm -hmm. know, teenagers, you know, that's got to be connected, right? Got to know who's doing what, and, you know, I want to miss out. <laughs> I think it's important, fresh air for everyone. I know we're heading for this augmented reality world soon where people be in their own universes even more, but either way, you've got to get your vitamin D in, Daryl. Absolutely. Key to, key to you know, your immune system, right? Vitamin D is proven. By you. There we go. That's the beauty of Colorado. Yes. Errol, one thing I've noticed on your trend, you clearly, with the knack of digital marketing, the adaptability, I feel like that goes hand in hand with entrepreneurship. Times change constantly. What one piece of advice would you give somebody that hasn't started something before, but they're really looking to start their own business for the first time, or even a new journey for that matter? Yeah, that's that's a good question. And, and uh, is, um, so, uh, and I wish I had it in, in it's a book I read and for my daughters, but it's, um, uh, it's a Dr. Seuss book and I can't think of it right now. But the reality is um, know what you want to do, right? So, you know, what do you, what do you, what do you want to do? What do you, you know, in your venture? Um, know where you're starting from, because if you don't have a foundation of, based in the facts of where you are, then where you want to go is a fantasy. So that's like, oh, I want to, you know, I want to be $10 million business software company, right? Maybe you even know that. And in um, and, and adventure games using augmented reality. So people get outside or, you know, and uh, but yet they're wearing glasses and there's, you know, Pokemon goes live but through glasses, right? Um, rock climbing, right? Rock climbing gremlins. That'd be scary, actually. <laughs> um, so anyway, but knowing that, but knowing the foundation where you are, and then more importantly, why? Why do you want to do what you want to do? What is in it for you? What is in it for the people you, around you? What is in it, uh, so on the material world, you know, what are your material wants? But what are your um, uh, emotional wants? What do you, you know, what's this experience gonna give you, right? So the more you have a picture of that, then, then when the ups and downs come, and they will come, and there's, uh, uh, you, um, you'll be prepared, you, you know, you'll have a, a good foundation because you know where you're starting from um, and you know why you're doing what you're doing. Um, and I want, I want to kind of explain that because I feel that was maybe a little- Kind of like a mental modulation, like a, yes. a roadmap for yourself. Yeah, have the roadmap, but, you know, but in, um, have a true internal knowing why you're doing it. And I'll, I'll share mm -hmm. what I mean. When I was in the restaurant world years ago, somebody asked me, why I was in the restaurant business. Now, part of it is I grew up in it. It was a natural for me. Um, for, mm -hmm. uh, for, uh, I enjoy people, right? People person. Um, and I love making people happy. But somebody once, they said, why, right, you know, why the restaurant business? And they were asking at a deep level, why? 
And I said, because it's a way I can put a smile on everybody's face. And they're kind of like, you know, well, what do you mean? And so this is, you know, because especially in the restaurant business, there's a lot of, you know, uh, stresses and um, any business, but the restaurant for whatever reason has a little bit more because it's got to be done right now. <laughs> I guess that's what it is. Oh, for uh, sure. Yeah. Is, but that smile is, you know, when you feed somebody, right, they're going to feel better. And then if you can do it in a, a, an environment that feels good, and if you can have friendly staff that treats people good, it's such an easy way to make people smile. And if, if we can add, and this probably comes from being in the East Coast, if we can help everybody be, you know, smile a little bit every day, it definitely helps them get through their day better. I like that. That's what's cool about hospitality. I mean, we're in the delivery business. So when you're talking about timely food, if people don't get their food on time, that becomes problematic. It's like a walking time bomb, Daryl. Yeah, Daryl, talk about stress. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. You got you to hope that right, when you, yeah, you're picking it up, that it's ready. Right? And oh, then, man. Oh, man. It, sure. Every time I, we look at our dispatcher, it just stresses me out. <laughs> <laughs> Have you used us at all during the pandemic? You know, I, I, guys, I thought about that. I haven't. Uh, oh, I've done you got to get you some, hook you up with some discounts. Yeah, absolutely. I'd appreciate that. Um, but yeah, uh, I was thinking about, uh, you know, uh, with the young kids, we tend to stay home a little bit more. But we were, we were actually, if we could go out to a restaurant when, you know, the waves of going out. Uh -huh. Well, me and my wife would, because the kids want to run around and that just doesn't work right now. <laughs> yeah, and and uh, we tried once and we're like, I know you normally were able to run around, but you can't anymore. Uh -huh. Yeah, <laughs> you that's tell, you, you tell a young kid this, it's still, you got about two minutes. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah you know, uh, right but I imagine you know uh, it's um that's just uh, I know like I said people and hopefully you guys have seen an uptick in this is uh with people ordering online and companies wanting to use the service because it's 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 no longer uh, a nice option it's mandatory and yeah, it's a necessity. It, and for a business to be using a service like you that you guys offer uh, is to me a no-brainer for the businesses because you know being an entrepreneur who wants to know how to do it all and figure it all out you know you, the service you guys do is like don't you already you know i already have enough going on especially as a restaurant owner you know in the past they, they were the ones you know they they should just be like hey guys help me out <laughs> i don't want to think about this just just take care of it for me exactly. yeah you want to focus on the food yeah Oh, man. And Daryl, speaking of that, what would be your last meal on earth? Like Ooh. ultimate cheat meal. That's, that's a, uh, yeah, my wife would say, uh, and my, uh, uh, stepfather, you know, uh, rest his soul. He, uh, uh, it'd have to probably have some type of pasta in it. Cause you know, he, he told me uh, I'm not Italian, but he told me I was Italian because of all the pasta I ate. And he was, <laughs> he, he was first generation. And, uh, he, um, so let me think was uh uh that's a tough one probably a combination of a uh a, a veal with a, a piccata marsala mix so uh because i like both mushrooms and capers and everything in there you get a little mix uh, yeah it'd be italian meal and that's i'd probably go with you know like that, a nice good garlic white wine sauce of the capers and mushrooms that the veal marsala you know and the piccata oh man um, making, making me hungry yeah <laughs> and then uh you know it's funny i say so uh and one of my favorite desserts is the tiramisu 
Can't call it that. Yeah, messy tiramisu. I don't like the pretty ones. I want the one that was done in a sheet pan. If you've ever been <laughs> over to Italy, you know, there's a few places. It's sloppy. Yeah, it's sloppy, but oh my God, that's delicious. That, wow. good Cabernet, little, uh, little. Daryl, I like your style. You, that's yeah. going to be all right. Yeah. And then, then we, the, you got to finish with, this, this is key, you got to finish with a, an espresso with some really good anisette in it. So I, I like that. Yeah, cool. oh. espresso martini too. I'm oh. making notes. There yeah. we go. Yeah, I like we'll, that. We'll all have to grab dinner soon. Yeah. Absolutely. And before we go, for our viewers, where could they find you for your website, Instagram? Yeah, I think the best way to reach me right now is going to be Daryl. So D A R R E L L at purplemountainmarketing.com. Awesome. And then, you know, search my name. And then my name is, you know, on social media all over. So Daryl Ritchie. Yeah. Perfect. Awesome. Thanks so much, Thanks Daryl. So much, yeah, absolutely. Mike and Corey, I appreciate it. Uh, pleasure talking with both of you. You yeah, too. Great to talk to you. In touch and care. have a great week. You too. Take care. Thanks. Bye. That was Daryl Ritchie crushing it. That was fun. Yeah. It's yeah, always it good having uh, local business owners on, you know, and always seeing Daryl. You could tell I get why he's in the digital marketing world because he just has a knack for pivoting throughout the times, understanding trends before they happen. And, you know, it'll yeah, be cool. He was in the restaurant world, Corey, because yeah, I know. Just going to say that. Didn't realize well, that. Bootstrapped in the trenches, yeah. making moves going all out. Every day handle business. You know that the hustle don't stop. Got my team, let's get it. Reviewing books and talk stocks. Steady, keep it moving. So you gon' wanna tune in. Get Lodell, it's an app. Get local food on demand. Delivery right to your home. Everything in the palm of your hand. Took hard work and dedication. Come through, join the conversation. This is history up in the making. We just wanna be an inspiration. Hey, let's go.